0: everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And here we are, first weekend of March. Yes, March 2024. (sighs) Springtime at last. We can roll those clocks forward ahead in just about a week. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Well, listen, how are you? How is everybody? It's been really windy. Good. My goodness, but it's a it's all good, you know. It's coming into spring, just kind of normal, actually. So, not only is this the first weekend of March, next weekend, next Sunday, it will be Academy Awards time, and we're going to have a a special show next Saturday with uh, a lot of our guests pertaining to the Oscars. And not only is March National Academy Award Month, of course. Yesterday was, did you know this? I did not know this. Yesterday was National Noodle Day, and it was celebrated on March 1, 2024. I don't know what you do. I guess you eat top ramen and other noodles, chicken noodle soup, just noodle noodles. I I didn't know this thing. But yeah, celebrated yesterday, but you can still celebrate. I know I will. And also, this is the time when everybody just kind of gets in a better mood, hopefully, for because it's spring. You know, the sun is going to be out longer and all that kind of great stuff. So, yeah, we have a lot to celebrate. We've got National Women's Month for March. We've got the Oscars for March. And we had National Noodle Day yesterday. Just go ahead and celebrate National Noodle for the whole month of March. It won't hurt at all. Okay, to further speak of the Oscars, let me tell you these quick little tidbits. According to WalletHub.com, which is the award-winning personal finance website and blog site there, they have a lot of interesting facts there. Well, according to WalletHub.com, pertaining to the Oscars, last year, Hollywood had a box office sales of $9 billion. Yeah, capital B there. And of course, they always want more. Even even though it was a strike, they still managed to somehow struggle and make it off of $9 billion. And so for the upcoming 96th Academy Awards show in just a few days. So for the Academy Awards next Sunday, the 96th annual Academy Awards to be exact, a 30-second television ad will cost $1.85 million. Which is a lot, one point eight five mil, but is still seventy three percent less than what a Super Bowl ad cost. Yeah, thirty seconds. By the time you come to thirty, you have spent one 85 million if you want to run an ad at the Oscars. Um, yeah. And also, the total cost to put on the Academy Awards ceremony estimated, it cost about $56.9 million for a one-night-only telecast. All the trimmings, all the, the whoop de doo That's a lot. Well, we're going to have some more interesting facts behind the scenes at the Oscars next show. But I thought I'd share that with you, just kind of get you in the mood there for the Oscars. Okay, so let's talk about currently, right this minute, what's going on right now with our guest here. We have guests. Yes, we do. Uh, Let's talk about our guest. We have a author. Her name is Bonnie Jill Laughlin, and she is also a television sports personality and a very well-known philanthropist for her work. And so she has a new book that's titled, In a League of Her Own, Celebrating Female First in the World of Sports. And so if you are a female athlete or maybe uh, you have relatives or friends who are women who are athletes into the sports world, you will love this book. So she'll be joining us. Uh, there, are, By the way, in this book, there are 19 uh, famous women athletes who are profiled, such as Billie Jean King, Layla Ali, Mary Lou Retton, and many, many others. We also have one of the cast members of the mega hit Television series, The Chosen. Yes, The Chosen. Oh my God, what a blockbuster historical television series that is. And so we will be talking to the actress who stars as Mary Magdalene. And of course, we're talking about actress Elizabeth Tabish. She will be joining us to talk about uh, the show, what's it like playing uh, this role, among others, just, you know, just getting to know her, just finding out all oh, what's going on in her world. And we will also be talking to uh, Kim Matina. Where do you know that name from? Well, did you watch last Monday uh, NBC's new show, Deal or No Deal Island? Yeah, it's Deal or No Deal. Remember the original Deal or No Deal, the beautiful women with the briefcases? Well, now they've got Deal or No Deal Island, kind of with a tropical twist to it. And so this lady, Kim Matina, she is one of the contestants on the show. It's, I mean, Kim is the oldest contestant on the show, but you would not have thought so, the way she handled herself and handled her fellow competitors as well. So she will be joining us and she will be back on Deal or No Deal Island on Monday night because she qualified to make it to the next round. So anyway, Kim will be talking to us about what is it like? How does she get on Deal or No Deal Island? Hmm. We're going to find out all of that. So, all right, that is our lineup of show. We're going to take a break, as we always do. And when we return, we will have our first guest. So we'll be right back. How many of you, if you are fans of reality competition television shows where you had the opportunity, if you are, to see our next guest in action? Well, this past Monday night, uh, NBC had the premiere of a new competition reality series, Deal or No Deal Island. Yes, it's, I guess you could call it a spin off of the original Deal or No Deal, except now we have got an island added in there. And so uh, this show is the best of a lot of worlds. It's the best of uh, competition shows that, well, everybody vies for big cash prizes then don't they? Well anyway uh, this show was again was last uh, this just a few days ago earlier this week the um, the premise of the show uh, and so there are 13 contestants playing for the ultimate prize and so some of the contestants, Former briefcase model Claudia Jordan is on. Uh, she's done very well for her career. Survivor legend Boston Rob Mariano is just, they're just two of the 13, comp- com- those are just three of the 13 competitors and they are vying for the first challenge, which was smudging and drudging through some mud and searching for this high value, lots of high value briefcase kit. So the 13 contestants, they lived up to the challenge of going and trudging through mud, a lot of it, searching for these high-value briefcases. And so one of those 13 competitors is our guest. Her name is Kim Matina, and she's the oldest contestant. On the show, but you would not think so the way that she was. Oh, God, we saw her. She was trudging through that mud and just a fierce competitor. And people, I think they underestimated Kim, but she showed everybody, the contestants, the world, the viewers. She is nobody to push over here. And when she's not competing on national television, Kim is uh, about to become a retired Air Force. Um, and when she's not on the show, uh, she is about to become a retired from the United States Air Force. She is a very active lady. She runs 5Ks. She's a mom, a wife. She just has a lot going on. And now she is known all over the world on NBC's new show, Deal or No Deal Island. So again, I had the opportunity to talk with her yesterday. So let's take a listen to my chat with contestant Kim Matina from NBC's new show, Deal or No Deal. So let's take a listen right now. So thank you for joining and coming on board here. And uh, I just want to say that you are Kim Matina and you are a part of this cast of this brand new show deal or no deal island is that do I have the name right because I'm always messing names up <laughs> yes that's <laughs> exactly right thanks Janice okay well Kim we saw you and your cast and crew and everybody uh in action earlier this week give us a summation I mean we know about the original deal or no deal and but now you got islands you know kind of put on there so what is this new show all about well this
1: new show deal or no deal island is the classic deal or no deal with a lot of twists involved um being able to defend yourself from playing against the banker or being put in against the banker and that's coming from the excursions that the banker is putting us through Um, And some are relatively difficult, Um, some are very physical, some are mental, it's up to the banker. He's rather depraved in what he's thinking is going to qualify someone to be his biggest adversary.
0: Well, as we saw, the whole world saw you, uh, as they say, you are playing chess, not checkers, because you took the gamble against Branson Wong, your fellow contestant, and you you stole a million-dollar case. I mean, Kim, you were just doing this thing here. Goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean...
1: I have to I have to play into my strengths. My strengths are not the physical competitions. My strengths are that I'm not going to give up, okay? I may not be able to succeed in a first attempt, but I am not ever going to give up on anything. And that's pretty much the way I've been all my life. Um, I would say another strength of mind is that, I do think strategically. So when I'm saying I, you know, they may have thought I was coming to play checkers, but I'm there to play chess. I have to work on that next move and make that next move and give myself an advantage somehow, some way. And that's what I had to do in this first episode. I knew that I'm not going to be the one to make it through the mud. I I already know that. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not going to be the one to um, be able to get to the high cases early on like other people did. But I was able to see who got up on the dock early. Because I figure if they're up there early, it's because they think they've got big cases. Um, Who's helping who? Things like that that. I have to use to my advantage to hopefully try and get through to the next excursion or to try and um, take advantage of the situation in order to not have to play the banker and not be chosen. So social games a big part of that too, Janice. I mean, yeah. no, <laughs> I don't want anyone to pick me. That's
0: all there is to it. Well, you are a lady who is accustomed to making top decisions as such. You are an Air Force veteran, and you really, of course, being in the military, stressful situations. So how did you end up on this show? I mean, Air Force to network television, that's a jump. How did this all happen? Well,
1: it wasn't just a jump it was a series of jumps i was in the military 33 years ago so um there's been a lot of life experience between then and now but in that time frame over, over the course of the last 33 years there have been a lot of shows that have started and reality reality tv really did not exist in what we see it now, 33 years ago, especially competitive reality TV. So when things started ramping up towards that, I was very intrigued and very drawn to it and started watching it back in the day and have continued. It's not, it's something that I've enjoyed watching, but not necessarily was looking to participate in, mainly because I, I was a mother. I had my um, my jobs and career and things like that that were a priority. I I didn't have the opportunity or the luxury to walk away from a paying job in order to take time away and play a game. At this stage in my life, I felt like I was able to do that. The timing was right for me to jump in and get my feet wet, but I had to be selective in what I would play because you know, age does is a factor. Is it really is. And so I had to be very selective in what I could or could not do.
0: Now, you are the show's oldest contestant. Uh, did that intimidate you at all about thinking about to audition for this show or what?
1: It really did to some degree. Um, when I was selected for this show, I did ask a lot of questions. It's like, well, how physically demanding is this going to be? Because I wasn't willing to... Step away from my day in, day out, mundane life to take a chance on something I had absolutely no shot at. But because of the way that deal or no deal island is set up, anybody has an opportunity to advance in the game and ultimately to win the game, to be able to play against the banker for, for that big pot at the end. Um Even if you don't do well in the physical aspect, if you're doing great in the social area of it, you potentially will not have a finger pointed at you if someone makes a great deal. Um, It's just, there's so many different elements to this, not just physical, but mental and luck. Luck is a huge part of it. So, really, anybody has an opportunity to get to the end. It's how you maneuver that opportunity.
0: I can only imagine that some of, initially, that some of your fellow contestants, did did anybody think that you would be, oh, she's just sweet and nice and not quite? (laughs) Were they surprised to (laughs) see what a fierce competitor that you are? (laughs) Um, I think initially... Well, let's just put it this
1: way. I think they underestimate me. Uh, you know they they are seeing this older woman, and I think they're and they underestimate me to some degree mentally and maybe definitely physically. and I think that's a huge mistake to underestimate anybody in this format in this. Particular program because the minute you underestimate someone, they're going to be able to step in and do the big work yeah. that you were not expecting.
0: And finally, here I know that how usually these uh, reality shows work that they, the pre-taping and you know the contestants have to keep it a secret, of course. So in your case, was it difficult keeping a secret or? or or what? You know, with family and friends that you were taping this show or what? Uh, it was
1: difficult to keep it a secret on why I was gone. No, obviously, couldn't tell in advance, but you have to make arrangements, whether it's children or pets or things like that. But, yeah, no, I'm a pretty good secret keeper when I want to, when I need to, um, I have both of my parents, I have my son, my sister, none of them know how none of them know how I've done in this show at all, even my parents. So when they watched it on Monday night, they were kind of surprised I guess that that I will be on for episode 2 next week. So it's it's a lot of fun. And you know what I think the biggest part of that is I get to experience the excitement with everybody uh, because even though I know what goes on and what happens, they have no idea. So, you know, they had a good laugh at me being stuck in the mud. They cheered when I opened up the steel case and then cheered even louder when I um, was able to get Dawson to um, to fess up to having the million dollar case. Therefore, hello, I am safe for one week. So they cheered so loud for that. They were excited.
0: Oh, that's, that should have been a lot of fun. The viewing party. Uh, what do they have? You have it at your house or some other family members out at the big viewing party Monday? Uh, Didn't even have a big, big viewing party, just had maybe
1: a dozen or so people together to watch it, and it was so much fun. It was over at my parents', um, because it was easier to have it there than it was to travel them somewhere, but it was, um, it was exciting, and again, nobody knew
0: whether I would even make it out of the first episode or not so that was exciting oh well you did a wonderful job and when I saw it I said I got to talk to this lady and so here we are talking and so you're such an inspiration for women and men uh who are you know of a certain age and you're showing that it can be done yes national television here we here you are Thank you. I you know what? And I think that was a
1: big part of it for me is that people it doesn't matter what your age is. You don't you don't have to have a certain skill set to still compete in something or to get up off the couch, um, get out the door, prepare and be able to do something like this and To have an opportunity to play for millions and millions of dollars, I'm talking life-changing money at a certain age, you just don't figure that. A 1 in 13 chance at that kind of money just does not happen every day, and especially as you get further in life, it's less frequent that you have that opportunity. So. What the
0: heck? Why not get up and do it? Right? Absolutely. And you're doing it in front of a national audience on NBC. That just tops it off with everything right there. That just oh my gosh. Gotcha. It does that it's
1: on NBC, that it's streaming on Peacock, that there it's being replayed, even though I've replayed it in my head a hundred times, it's actually being replayed on this major network that i've known that peacock for years forever um nbc has been phenomenal on making sure the word was out there and giving us every opportunity to make this a successful show where again anybody can step into the role and play this game and be able to win There is nobody that you go, yeah, they can't do it. Everybody can do it.
0: Well, Kim, you are proving just that. And so we will see you in action again on Monday night, Deal or No Deal Island. And of course, you have to keep it a secret. We'll just tune in with everybody else. And uh, we're going to cheer you on. So thank you so much for giving us some backstory as to about the show and how you got on the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Janice, thank you so much for taking the time to
1: to speak to me and let me explain a little bit of my story and how exciting this is. It really is an amazing show. Definitely be tuning in every Monday night because... Oh, boy. Does it get spicy out there, Janice? Oh,
0: I believe it. I believe it. Well, we're going to just find out how spicy it does get because we're going to tune back in Monday night. Everybody check the listings in your area so you won't miss it. So, Miss Kim, thank you again. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you Monday night on Deal or No Deal Island on NBC, of course. So we'll see you then. Absolutely. Thank you,
1: Janice. Okay. Have a fantastic week and weekend. Okay. You do the same then.
0: See you then. See you on Monday. Yes, you will. Okay. Um, bye-bye. 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 Okay, everybody, you are listening to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And uh, yeah, we are happy that you have joined us as always here. We've got a load of guests here that we are trying to bring you so you can enjoy what they have to say about their projects and their work and such as that. So that brings me to our next guest. She is a very talented, multi-talented lady. Uh, She is Bonnie Jill Laughlin. Right now, she is on our show to talk about her new book that's titled In a League of her own, celebrating female firsts in the world of sports. Now, this book, uh, again, true to his title, it features 19 very talented, powerful, impactful women in sports. And it shares their stories. And some of the ladies on the list are Billie Jean King, Layla Ali, Mary Lou Retton, and so many more. And as I said, uh, Bonnie Jill is a television sports personality. She is also a broadcaster. She's an author now and a philanthropist. As I said, she's a very multi-talented lady. And again, her latest book is In a League of Her Own, Celebrating Female Firsts in the World of Sports. So if you have a daughter or niece or maybe yourself, um, Would like to read this book. I think it's wonderful to pass on and get, you know, as a gift to young ladies who are in sports. Anyway, I had the opportunity to talk with Bonnie Jill Laughlin. Uh, So without any further delay, so let's bring on my recent chat with Bonnie Jill Laughlin about her new book in a league of her own, celebrating female first in the world of sports. So let's roll it right now. Well, Bonnie. We all have seen you and heard you as a sports broadcaster, your television personality, philanthropist, and an author. So this new book, In a League of Her Own, Celebrating Female First in Sports, this has been needed for a long time. Thank you for doing this book. And why did you decide to do it at this time?
2: It was just something I felt was so important um, and so timely because I feel like women, especially women in sports, don't get enough credit. They don't get enough accolades, um, and so I wanted to be able to have a book that encompassed all the women that have paved the way of females first. Because some of the women in the book, Janice, have actually have their own books, like Billie Jean King and Layla Lee, but not a book that encompasses all the women and it has 19 chapters. So to have you know, young women to be, able to be empowered and inspired by the women and to see that there's a place for them in sports, uh, whether it's on the field, whether it's in a front office, whatever that may look like, that there is a space for them.
0: And why do you think this book is so important now? Uh, at, we're in a new year, of course, but but in this era?
2: It's very important. You see that women are starting to, uh, you know, be coaches, uh, be wrestling uh, you know, be in positions that normally men would be in and so to be able to like show that there are these women because there's some so many women in the book too that maybe people don't know about because it was before social media you know so you i have got Jackie Joyner-Kersey and Beverly Retton and Nadia Comaneach and you know uh, Mignon, uh, Mignon, you know some people may not know about these women but they were the ones that actually were the first and so I like people to know their stories because they were glorified um, you know maybe during that time but not now.
0: Now, I know we're close as far as having a a, a female to coach an actual NBA team. Uh, How far away do you see that for a woman to be the head coach of an NBA team?
3: Oh,
2: I think it's coming very soon. You know, Becky Hammond, uh, you know, with the Spurs, Pop gave her a great opportunity. Then she went over to the women's side for WNBA, but the Aces, but I see her. I mean, there are many others, you know, Nancy Leatheran, who's actually in my book as well, that will uh, eventually be. A woman that is the first Vale coach, head coach in the NBA, and I see it, you know, going across the leagues as well.
0: And now, as I said earlier, you are such a trailblazer yourself in, in the area of women's sports. And you you got to talk to all of these ladies, these professionals and they're first in sports. After people read your new book here in a league of her own, celebrating female first in sports, what would you like for their takeaway, walkaway experience to be when they shut that book?
2: I think it's just to see what these women have done, uh, you know, not only in sports for society and for women and to, to see that they're, like I said in the beginning, that there is place for these women. And there was a place for women to continue to get on even a broader and bigger stage and to know that these women put so much on the line. So it was really, really neat just to be able to see Janice, like the balance and for people to realize that at the end of the day, what these women accomplished that, you know, people would never have thought would you know, happened 100 years ago, you know, so pretty amazing to see these stories. Yeah, those those stories when you see hostile to these ladies, and now there's a book that even, you know, kind of seals the deal, if that makes sense, that yes, this, I can do this. And there's so many other women that I didn't even know about that are doing this. And so I think for me, it's just that that's, you know, knowing that these young ladies feel like they can be themselves, and
0: they that they have the dreams that they actually can become. Oh, definitely. Yes, absolutely. So Bonnie, the book again is in a league of her own, celebrating female first in sports. So thank you so very much for the book. Thank and for you so time. much, Janice.
2: I appreciate it. And we'll send you a copy as well.
0: Okay. Thank you then. I look for it. Yeah. Okay. Thank
2: you so much
0: okay. for having me. Okay, I absolutely. Bye bye. Okay, so this brings me to our final segment for this show. Oh my goodness, we've had some powerful guests here. And wait until you hear about this guest. Well, how many of you out there are familiar with the mega hit television series, The Chosen? Lots of hands I see here. Well my goodness, if you are not familiar Well my goodness, if you are not familiar with The Chosen where have you been? So we're going to help you get familiar with this very powerful, uh, very well done uh, historical series. This series started off as a, 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 a crowdfunded project. And guess what? It has now turned into a global sensation with over 770 million views. Yes, in 175 foreign countries. And it will uh, soon be dubbed into over 50 foreign languages with plans to subtitle uh, more than hopefully 600. So it is huge. So what is The Chosen? Well, it is a historical drama. It includes a diverse cast of very talented actors, and they are based around the life of the followers of Jesus, but it is told in a very relatable, never-before style that is very suited for Generation Z and Millennials, as well as baby boomers, too. Now, The Chosen, as I said, it has become a cultural phenomenon with more than 10 million social media follows. So it has become a cultural Phenomenon with more than 10 million social media followers. So uh, the entire season four, they're into season four right now. So right now, the entire season four is running exclusively in select theaters around the country up until March 10th. But do not despair because fans uh, will soon be able to see where it will start streaming uh, a little bit after March 11th or so. So to get the exact details on the viewing schedule, the streaming schedule, and the dates and starts and such, I highly suggest that you go to the official website, which is watch.thechosen.tv. And there you can get everything that you need to know about the viewing uh, on television, the viewing in theaters, just everything. And again, that website is watch.thechosen.tv to get the exact details. Uh, and the dates and locations and such. And so that brings me to our guest for this final segment. She is a very talented actress, Elizabeth Tabish. And Elizabeth stars as Mary Magdalene. And what a role this is for Elizabeth and any actress to, I mean, imagine you're playing and starring as one of the greatest uh, historical, biblical figures that, uh, you know, so many of them in the Bible. And so, again, Mary Magdalene, of course, is one of them. And so Elizabeth does an outstanding job, if you've seen the show, of portraying uh, Mary Magdalene for this series, The Chosen. So, again, I had a chance to talk with her. And I am just, uh, it was just such a thrill to chat with her. So Elizabeth does an outstanding job in portraying the historical figure, Mary Magdalene. And what a role it is for any actress to portray such a historical figure from the Bible. So I had the opportunity to chat with Elizabeth just a few days ago. And so we had a wonderful chat. I don't want to be selfish. I want to let you in on it. So let's take a listen to my recent chat with actress Elizabeth Tabish, who stars as Mary Magdalene from the mega hit historical drama series, The Chosen. So let's roll it right now. (laughs) Okay, listeners, I have my next guest on board. I am so excited to talk to uh, just anyone with the cast of The Chosen. And today I happen to be speaking with Elizabeth Tabish, who stars as Mary Magdalene in the blockbuster TV series The Chosen. Uh, I think people call you Liz. Is that okay? That's it. Yeah. Okay, Liz. Welcome to the interview and such. Are you ex- as as excited about being a part of this cast as as fans are about this show or what?
3: I am. I uh, I'm constantly pinching myself. It's it's been it's been such a dream role to get to play this um this historical figure who means so much to so many um and then also to to get to live with a character for so long is a real gift for an actor. Um, and to see them grow and sort of grow with them is just—it's just a—it's just a, a rare uh, occurrence, I think, for for actors to to get to do something like that. So I'm I'm always constantly grateful, but then also just very excited because I'm a fan of the show too, and I love these stories so much, and I love how they're being told. Um, so it's just—it's—it's uh, it's a dream.
0: And so season four, tell us about this—the uniqueness of season four.
3: Yeah, season four—it's you know—it's the midway point because we're we're planning on doing seven seasons, and it's it really does feel like that point of no return. Uh, there are a number of events that 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 transpire throughout the season that are just shocking and and devastating in a lot of ways um, that uh, change the dynamic of the group and. Um, and everyone's sort of dealing with them in their own ways and, and processing grief in, in different ways. And, um, it's a really, it's a painful season, but it's also, it's a really beautiful one too, though. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of meaning in this season and there's a lot of, uh, realization of what is to come. And so as, as we're nearing the end, um, the fun and frivolity of some of the earlier seasons is kind of pared down, and we're starting to really focus in on um on Jesus's mission of why he's here and what he's doing. And um, it becomes a little bit more serious and um and mysterious in a lot of ways, too. it's it, the the tone of the season is is one of my favorites. it um it's there's a lot to dig into as an actor and as an audience member.
0: And now uh, I understand that season four will be released exclusively in theaters. So have you had the opportunity or what is that like for you to, you know, be in maybe a theater setting or maybe a, a fan viewing s- a session? Yeah, What is that like for it, you?
3: It's so much fun. Um, these stories are they're both cinematic in certain scenes and then also so nuanced the acting and performances and dynamics between characters are um really beautifully nuanced and so like watching them on the big screen you catch everything you catch every glance every hesitation every micro expression and so it's like it's you you get that much more from it it's really enriched by the experience of being in in the theater um, and then getting to watch it, my husband and I went and saw the, the episodes four, five and six in the theater. And, um, and it was, it was wonderful. We, we had reclining chairs and, um, it was a theater that like serves food. And so we, we just kind of like settled in and I was expecting to get, you know, cause there, it's a pretty long experience. I was expecting to get a little restless at some point and, by the end of it, I was like, I want to see all, all of this. (laughs) I want to see like episodes one through eight in the theater in one sitting. I, I was amazed by how, how, um, how enraptured I was even having filmed it and knowing these stories. It's just, there's so many beautiful stories that are told that like, you just, you want to sit and and watch forever, you know? (laughs) So hopefully audiences and fans are enjoying it the same way I did.
0: Oh, yeah. With these, I mean, you guys are in the triple digit millions as far as viewership around the world. So, yeah, I think it's a few fans that kind of like it. <laughs> <Safe to say. laughs> well, tell me, Liz, did anyone recognize you at the theater when you and your husband were there? <laughs> we um
3: we kind of snuck in. <laughs> OK. And uh, some of the workers at the theater have recognized me and are so, so sweet. Um. But we kind of we came in and out at like specific times to not to avoid any interactions, but sometimes it's nice just to be anonymous and just to watch it as as a viewer instead of as a participant oh, yeah. um but in 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 other experiences in the past going to the theaters, there have been some wonderful interactions and um recognition and and um and photos after and everything it's It's been really fun in the past.
0: Now, you star, as I said earlier, as uh, the biblical character, Mary Magdalene. For you, as far as preparation, I mean, so many of us have, you know, we know the story, the biblical story in its uh, original sense. But for you, what type of preparation did you do for this particular Mary Magdalene character, for this particular project?
3: Um, I really the The writing for her story is so good and so um relatable that i I really leaned into to that. Uh, i I trusted that the writers were were taking her on a trajectory that um was going to be meaningful and um and lead us to where we know she ends up at the crucifixion and at the resurrection um in a really artful and meaningful way. And so I've just been. I've been trusting that process, um, and, and really trying to root it in what is actually said in the gospels. And although the details are not super, you know, fleshed out, like the, the facts in the gospels are there. And, um, and so there are so many versions of Mary that have been, um, told throughout time throughout media these sort of speculative versions of her that i was just very careful to not um let myself be influenced by of like she is a certain way she is you know there's there's been a lot of um a lot of curiosity about who she really was over the course of history and so um i i think hearing that dallas shared you know when he was in magdala he he felt this, this pressure and this this sort of sense from God that like you have to get this character right. You have to get her right. Um there's this trust I think I have in that of of their the care that they're putting into writing this character um is is really wonderful and and something I I really um I believe in because uh, the effects of it. I mean, the, the result of, of what we've filmed so far is that so many people have shared their stories and shared that they see themselves in Mary and they, uh, relate to her and her story is their story. And, um, and that they have found hope through this story through her. And, uh, because of all of that, because of that sort of response, I feel like we are on the right track in, in trying to tell her story in the most um, authentic way possible.
0: Now, this uh, the core of this series is, of course, uh, faith-based. Have you personally, away from the set, have you found playing this character being a part of this huge series, has it impacted your own life in any way, in, in a positive way, of course? Oh, yeah. I mean,
3: she's she's sort of always on my mind, (laughs) you know, Um, she's always in the back of my head and and um, she's her story and the trajectory of her character has been really inspiring to me. You know, she. She goes through so much and she is so transformed, but then we see her growth in this very realistic way where you can still get triggered, you can still fall back. You can still make mistakes. Um, and then she keeps trying and keeps trying and keeps trying. And I think that lesson has really stayed with me and, and shown me that like you, you know, we're not fully baked. (laughs) We're not fully finished. We are here. And that means we're in a process and that means we're growing. And, um, and I think that sort of permission to allow yourself to, uh, change and to be better and try to be better is uh, is wonderful to sort of always have in the back of my head.
0: Well, I have two last questions here. I have actually so many more, but I know we have a limited time <laughs> here. <laughs> so uh, I understand The Chosen. You, there was a huge soundstage, everything there in the middle of Texas where I grew up. So what is it like working in Texas for you? I was
3: living in Austin when I booked the oh, wow. uh, role. I was there for about nine years,
0: uh-huh.
3: and um, and so Texas is really familiar. I The highways, I thirty five. Yes, uh, all the all the restaurants and everything. p Terry, of
0: course. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, all of it is. It feels like another home to me. So it's it's fun to to get to come back to Texas when we're filming and and still feel so familiar there. Um, people are sweet and, um, and, you know, it's, it's the, the set itself is, you know, in this smaller town outside of Dallas. So it's, it's nice to, to have a sort of simple living, you know, while we're there. And then, um, you know, whatever amenities we need in, in Dallas, if you need a a nice restaurant or something, you can always go up to Dallas, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, Texas is, is wonderful. The the heat I could do without. Of course. Yes. Because <laughs> it gets so hot in the summer. But uh, that's part of it now. We're I think we're all getting used to the extreme weather conditions we filmed
0: in. <laughs> so when does uh, the the next season start? So do you guys obviously must start in the summer or when?
3: We're starting pretty soon. We're starting season five um, in April oh, this year, and um, I don't have schedules or scripts quite yet, but I think they're coming pretty soon. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store for everyone for for season
0: five. And finally, uh, the show again is such a huge success. Oh, really, all over the world. Have you had a chance, you and your family, to travel to other countries and people? Oh, there she is. There's Mary Magdalene, <laughs> you know, or what?
3: A lot of our travel has been um, almost exclusively for the show. It's been press tours and screenings in okay. different countries. Yeah. I've been so lucky to get to go see. Um, we went to France and Spain, Germany, um, Amsterdam. And then recently, to London and to Poland. <laughs> excuse me. Um And so, in all of these uh, press tours and and travels, it's been just incredible to meet the fans of the show from all these different cultures and different countries and to see the impact of the show. On people from different cultures and countries, because uh, it's making me realize this is such a universal story and can touch people from any walk of life. And um, you know, the Come and See Foundation has made it a priority to translate this show and um, dub it and subtitle it in in so many different languages. And I think the goal is to get it to everyone on the on the planet. And um, it's just such a unique project to be a part of, and so special that um, that not only is this story resonating with everyone, but um, but the production and the Come and See Foundation cares so much about people getting to see it in their native language, which will mean even more to them as they're watching it, um, to hear these, these words in their language. Um, so it's been, it's been lovely and every, every place has welcomed us with such warmth and, um, open arms. And, uh, it's been, it's been such a joy to get to, to both travel and, and share this with so many
0: different people. Oh, absolutely. And my last question here is how can fans reach out to say hello to you, to your social oh, media contacts? Um,
3: yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm I, pretty limited with my social media. I just have Instagram. So any other accounts on any other platform, those are fake. Um, I have uh, a website and I have Instagram. And um, I, I don't post all that much. Um, but I do post enough and I, I love getting comments from fans and hearing how they're, how they're, um, feeling about the seasons and about the scenes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely to get to connect through that. I also, I am on cameo too, for, for videos, for people's birthdays and uh, special events and everything. Oh, that's um, so fun. But for the most part, I'm a pretty shy person and, <laughs> and um, um, I think the, this, I don't know if it's a celebrity of it all. I I, I try to avoid oh, <laughs> the cult of celebrity because at the end of the day, we are, we are uh, artists and we're, we're working, you know, this is, this is our job. And, um and if some sort of publicity or uh, awareness or um, social presence of us helps us get this story to more people, I think that's wonderful. one if it helps us get other jobs and other work, like that's that's wonderful and special. Um, but in terms of like being uh, a. <laughs> uh, Public figure, I <laughs> I usually shy away from
0: that. Oh well, it's hard to tell that you're, you're really shy because you're so you know, your <laughs> acting is so. My goodness, you're just so talented here. Thank you so much. Very Thank much you. so. So okay, people find you on Instagram. Just put your name in the search box, and they'll find you.
3: And, yeah, I, my my account is Elizabeth Tabish on Instagram, and um, and yeah, I'll, I usually. I'll post some behind the scenes things and, and scenes and clips and okay. photos from the show and um travel and stuff. And so yeah, you can you can see what I'm up to on okay,
0: that. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you so much for the chat, Liz, and giving us some some backstory of the making of season four and what's on your mind and such. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we will see you and the rest of your cast members on The Chosen. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thank you so much, Liz, for chatting with us. Oh, man, what a show. What an opportunity. Anyway, we are out of time. And we want to thank all of our guests for joining us this week on Film Festival Radio Show. We just love it when we have a full lineup. But, you know, we always have a full lineup don't we? Yeah, we do. So thank you all our guests. And of course, thank you all listeners, as always, for joining us. And we love your letters email us info at filmfestivalradio.com. And we reply back. If you don't believe me, ask someone who's written to us and they'll tell you. So, okay, we'll see you next show. Have a great rest of your evening or your morning. Depends on what time of the day you're listening in and what country. So we'll see you next time. Next show. Take care. Bye-bye.